following is a podcast from Echo, a student ministry at Victory Family Church. We meet every Saturday at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. For more info, check us out on Instagram at echo.victory. So if you are taking notes today, and I encourage you guys to, because as Ben says, note takers are history makers. Um, The title of my message today is Which Seat Will You Take? Which seat will you take? So I'm going to pray, and then we'll jump into the message. Father God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity um, to hear your word. And Lord, I just thank you for every person in here, that they would hear what they need to hear, and that you would communicate it clearly to their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to be reading out of Luke 14, verses 8 through 11. And it says this, When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so Jesus was sharing this parable or story with some people. And what you need to know about this parable is at that time in that culture, when you showed up to a party, you didn't just pick any old seat. You wanted to be very strategic about what seat you took. Nowadays, we just kind of show up and we hope to have enough seats for us and our friends. But back then, the whole point of where you sat, it depended on your status. So where you sat determined your status. The closer you sat to the host of the table, that meant the more important you were. The cooler you were, the more respected you were, the more well-known that you were. And so the lower you sat at the table, the least known you were. So where you sat was very, very important. And because Jesus knew that this was a part of his culture, he was trying to teach the people something that he valued way, way differently. And so I kind of wanted to show this to you guys in person, let you see what this might look like. So let's just pretend for a second. Can we do that? Let's just pretend that Kanye West is coming to Cranberry. Not only is he coming to Cranberry, yeah, Kanye. Not only is he coming to Cranberry, but he's heard how awesome that Echo is, and he is throwing a party for you guys, and it's a dinner party. And so you're super pumped. You get ready with your friends. You girls, you get your hair all did. Boys, I don't know what boys do when they get ready. I'm so sorry. But you guys get ready and you look awesome. And you show up with your friends to this party and you're one of the first people there. And so you have to decide where you're going to sit at the table. And so Kanye is sitting at the head of the table because he is the host. And so you can just decide where are you going to sit. So there's some options here, right? You can choose to sit right here and be super close to Kanye. Because, I mean, come on, it's Kanye West. Why would you not want to sit super close to him so you can talk to him, get to know him, he can get to know you? Like, what a big deal. So you can sit here. But if you sit here, what you're saying to everybody else that comes is, I deserve this seat more than you. I should sit here before you should sit here. This is my place, and I deserve it above you. So you could sit here. But then there's some, there goes my phone. There's some other options. 
You could also sit at this end of the table. And while this is less appealing, not as fun, you probably won't get to talk to Kanye during the dinner party. The thing about if you sit at this seat at the table is what you're saying to everybody is, I value you so much that I'm going to give you the opportunity to sit close to Kanye. Even though I want to sit by him, even though I want to talk to him, I'm going to give you this opportunity because I value you. And so in essence, you're putting the other person before yourself. And so while we don't really have the same cultural references as Jesus' day, Jesus wasn't just talking about a dinner party. He was talking about life. What he was saying is how often in life are we constantly putting ourselves before other people? Are we choosing the best opportunity and option for us and not even thinking twice about what everybody else is going through or what they might want? Or are we walking through life with humility and saying, I love and care about you so much that I'm going to put you first? But you see, no matter what seat you take at the table, there's consequences, whether they're good or bad. If you sit at this seat at the table, while you might, there goes my phone again, while you might enjoy Kanye's presence, while you might get that opportunity in that moment, Jesus says if you're constantly living life in this seat, what's going to happen is that you will be humiliated. You will at some point be humbled. So at some point, even though you might be living the good life for a little bit, you might be only thinking about yourself for a while, at some point, your situation and your decisions will catch up to you. But then if you choose this seat, Jesus says that even though in that moment you might feel like you're missing out, you're not getting the same opportunity. He's saying that if you sit in this table, I will exalt you. I will honor you in front of people. I will show people that you are respectful, that you are worthy, if you walk in humility. And so we have some choices in life to choose which seat we're going to take. But you see, we don't just walk in humility because we want to be honored at some point. That's not the right heart. Jesus wants our heart to be right. We walk in humility because we value other people. We love other people. We cherish other people. And humility means that you see and you put others before yourself. It means that you see and you put others before yourself. But I just want to stop right here because sometimes people think humility means that you put yourself down so that other people could be raised up. But that's not God's heart. Humility is when you see other people's value, but you know your value at the same time. But you say, I care about you so much. And even though I know that, you know, I'm respectable, I'm loved, I'm cherished, I value you so much that I'm going to let you be first in my life. I'm going to put you above me because I value and care about you. Humility isn't raising other people up at the cost of yourself, at the cost of your own value. Humility is seeing the value in others while you still see the value in yourself. And if we live this way, if we walk our lives in humility, it changes our relationships. Maybe you notice that you fight with people a lot. You get in arguments a lot. Or maybe you notice that you might be judgmental, whether it's verbally coming out of your mouth, or maybe it's just in your head where you're belittling people all the time. But whenever we live that way, whenever we think that way, that's what comes out of our heart. That's what actions people will see. 
but it has to start in our heart with valuing people. Because as we walk this life of humility, as humility is in our hearts, it will just come out of us in our actions. And so if you see yourself sitting in this seat a lot, picking this seat, it means that there is a character issue going on. So when I was in high school, I was a swimmer. And I remember my junior year, I made it to districts in a couple different events. And so what it was is you had your season, then you had districts, and then if you qualified at districts, you got to go on to states. And so I was super pumped this particular year because I was on a relay, and our particular team was actually pretty good. The girls and I, we had done really well that season, and so we were seated pretty well at districts. And you had to get first or second place to make it onto states. And we were seated like third, so there was a really, really good possibility that we could make it to states. So we were so excited. We couldn't wait. We would go to practice, and we would practice so hard because we wanted to go to states. But then during one practice, I remember my coach pulled me and my best friend aside. Her name's Kristen. She's been my best friend for years, and she was also on the team. And he pulls us aside, and he sits us down, and he says, Alyssa, you've made it to districts for several different events. And I want to make sure that everybody on the team has the opportunity to swim at districts. And because you've made it in so many events, I'm going to replace you with Kristen for the relay race. She's going to swim in your place. You can imagine that I was devastated. I was frustrated because I thought, wait a second. I've been with this team. I've been doing this relay race all season. And now all of a sudden you're going to pull me to put her in, somebody who's not as fast as me, and you're going to just let her do that because you feel bad. And so I immediately got angry. My pride rose up. I was selfish. I didn't care about the fact that my best friend was now going to districts with the rest of the team. All I cared about was the fact that I felt like I was robbed of something that I deserved. So I left that meeting all angry. Everybody knew I was angry, and I was cold, and I was mean to my very best friend. And so there had, was several weeks before districts was coming, and I still was cold to my best friend, Kristen. It wasn't her fault, you see, but I was taking it out on her. I was blaming her for taking my spot on the team. And so districts come, and we didn't sit on the bus ride together. We hadn't been really talking. She, was, she knew very well that I was angry at her. And so we go to districts. All the events are going on. And finally, it's this relay race that's coming up. This event is about to go on. And so what happens is I'm watching, and she's the fourth person in the race. She's the fourth person in the race. And so I'm watching as everything is going on, and the first person jumps in the water. The second person jumps in the water. At this point, we're between third and fourth place. Remember, we have to get first or second. Then the third person jumps in the water, and we're between second and third. It's, it's down. It's super close. And then finally, Kristen jumps in the water. She's the one that's supposed to kind of come in strong, make sure that we win. And all of a sudden, the first person passes her. Then the next person passes her. And then the next person. And I'm just sitting on the sidelines angry because I was like, that was my spot. I would have done better than she would have. I deserve to be sitting there. I deserve to be swimming in her spot, and she lost it for everybody. And as you can imagine, Kristen was devastated that she didn't do as well as everybody wanted her to do. And instead of being there for my best friend, 
Instead of loving her in a moment when she was embarrassed, she was ashamed, she felt really, really bad. Instead of being there for her, I treated her poorly because I thought that she didn't deserve what I, she didn't deserve that spot. And so you see, whenever we walk in pride instead of humility, it hurts our relationships. We treat people poorly because we think that we are better than them, that we deserve better than they do. And so it almost destroyed my relationship with my best friend, who had been my best friend since elementary school, over a race. And if the worship team wants to start coming out. And so if we are not walking in humility, guys, then we're walking in pride. But you see, God doesn't call us to walk in humility because he wants you to lower yourself. He doesn't want you to miss out on opportunities. He asks us to walk in humility because you are a representation of him. And if you walk in humility, then people get to see a glimpse of his love. If you are walking in humility, then people get to see how God puts them first. People get to see a little glimpse of God's heart. But if people know that you're a Christian and you're walking around in pride and you're constantly putting yourself first, then they're going to think that God is like that. But guys, we are representations of who Jesus is. And so when we make these decisions in life, we need to remember who it is that we are representing. And so maybe, guys in the front, so maybe you're like, I might be that person that isn't putting other people first. I might be that person that is constantly putting myself above other people. I'm not seeing their needs. I'm not seeing their wants. Then, guys, all you got to do is ask God to show you, to teach you how to value other people. It's that simple. Ask God today. Say, God, open my eyes to see other people's value. Open my eyes to show me how to love people like Jesus loved people. Because Jesus laid his life down for other people. And guys, you can have that same exact love. And so we're going to go back here into worship in a second. And so I just got, want you guys to ask yourselves, what is one way that I see myself as better than other people? What is one way in my life that I am constantly putting myself above others? Because we all can work on this. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. It doesn't matter how far along you are. We all can be working on this constantly. But just ask yourself, what's one thing that, one way that I am treating people not as well, not putting them first? So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out, and the worship team can go ahead and start. And then you guys can come up front. Father God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for your love. And God, we just ask that you just show us how to love other people, that you show us how to care for them, how to value them, that you show us how we can be like Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.